You are listening to Revealing Real Estate Podcast, where we dive into getting over your fear of taking risk in real estate and making money while you sleep. I'm Nico Pedizano, your host and real estate guru with over 20 years of experience. It's time to get real. All right, we're going to have a wonderful show today. We are excited to have our next guest on Revealing Real Estate. And when I created this, it was for one sole purpose. Uh, and that was for helping people invest into real estate and educating them to understand why it's key to create wealth and financial success in purchasing real estate. And hopefully we can encourage people to remove that fear when getting into the real estate market. A lot of what I talk about on the show is the key path to building uh, your real estate portfolio and that you need to surround yourself with the right individuals, like-minded individuals. And today's guest, I'm so excited to have on because we are so alike when it comes to real estate. We eat, we breathe, we sleep the real estate market and we have nothing but a great educator who helps people to understand the main components to getting into the market or teaching people to understand, you know, return on investments or ways of starting out within the business. Our guest on the show, he is a serial entrepreneur who has a passion for all things real estate and is the co-founder of the REI Institute, also known as the Real Estate Investment Institute. Please welcome to the show, David Gorski. David, welcome to the show. It's so good to be here, Nick. Thanks so much for having me on today. No problem. Man, when we found you, I'm like, man, this guy reminds me so much of me because his education, your process, you run a institute right now helping real estate agents basically teach them how to leverage their current COI, the people that they currently know, into getting them to understand how they can educate their clients to continue to reinvest into real estate. How did you come about starting this all? <laughs> uh, it's a long story, but very passionate about helping others level up and create generational wealth. And realtors are professionals. Realtors need to really educate themselves and provide more value to the consumer. So um, Nick, we saw a big gap and we saw a big opportunity in the marketplace to really help realtors just really take it to the next level and help create clients uh, generational wealth. And, you know, as realtors, we're just not doing that right now. There's a lot of realtors out there uh, that are just not providing that type of value. So we really saw a big gap in the market. You know, the demand for this is really coming from the consumer. Life is getting expensive, you know, and yep. people really need to pay more attention to their finances and find ways to really level up and take their finances to the next level. So people really demand this. People want to learn more about the beauty and the value of how they can really tap into real estate and take it to the next level. It's important. We talk about this all the time, even for young millennials. And the key component is for them is giving them that guidance to, hey, listen, save your money, save enough for a down payment. We've talked about, you know, seeing if you can get friends or generate partners, groups to, to be involved into getting into the real estate market itself. We talked about how current homeowners that have properties to leverage those properties to get into the market and continue to buy real estate because I truly feel there's nothing better of an investment that is so tangible when it comes to investing into real estate. How investors should continue to kind of using the birth system or leveraging the properties that they currently own to continue building and getting more doors. You know, I eat and breathe and teach everything real estate. That is my life. Anything I educate myself on is about learning how to continue growing my success within real estate and growing my real estate portfolio. So my question to you is what is most important for somebody to know about investing into real estate and why? 
Yeah, Nick, you, you really hit the nail on the head when you talked about the millennial group. Uh, you know, this is a group that I'm really passionate about and I feel for them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the group that um, has it really difficult out there because what do you do as a millennial? How do you get into a home in the GTA or in the beautiful town of Nobleton? Like real estate is really, really expensive. And our argument would be that, you know, you have to really educate yourself and you have to understand that sometimes it's the investment property that you have to purchase first and foremost before buying that house of your dream or before buying that house that you're going to live in, right? Take a step back, you know, talk to your group of, of network that you have, pull together some money and see if you can, you know, house hack and go into a joint venture uh, partnership and buy that investment property first. Then use the money that you generate, the cash flow. And by the way, there's eight profit centers. We're going to get into that when it comes to real estate investing. But there's Love that. Yes. eight different ways of actually generating money. And when you talk about saving, it's just so difficult for a millennial to actually save money to be able to actually own their own home. But there's a way and there's lots of great realtors out there that are tapping into resources that are really educating themselves and that are bringing value to the consumer and i like the house hacking uh, strategy for sure then we can grow it and we can talk about absolutely you know the different uh, systems involved when it comes into investing into real estate so david you talked about eight profit centers or eight ways to really monetize your investment properties can you elaborate for our viewers listening to what that really means absolutely so when you own an investment property there's actually eight different ways that you're monetizing and you're creating uh equity and and, and money so they are uh instant equity and this is the idea that if you buy the property at the right price before the closing you've already made that equity that the property is worth the difference between what you paid for the property and what the market value is cash flow so cash flow is at the end of the month uh, hopefully your revenue exceeds your expenses and you have money left over so the cash flow that you're generating mortgage pay down now this is my favorite one this is where your tenants are actually paying down your mortgage making money while you sleep making money while you sleep and your mortgage decreases with time so you know i love this one and and right now people are asking are we going to have a market correction what's going to happen with the market you know where is the market going to go well listen let me tell you the next profit center is leverage so if you use somebody else's money right and you have the tenants paying down the mortgage for you Nobody cares where the market is going over the next 25 years because if you take how much you've actually invested and what the property is going to be worth, which is market appreciation is another uh, profit center, by the time that that mortgage becomes due, it's already paid off by the tenants and the property is going to be worth a lot more than the cash investment you put in. So even if the market corrects, you're still going to have over 100% return on your cash investment. Market appreciation is another profit center. You get tax advantages as a a real estate investor, leverage, refinance, and then you can also do things to force the appreciation of the property. So you can, you know, create a duplex conversion. You can change zoning so you can actually force the appreciation of the investment properties as well. And that's some awesome advice and and something that people need to realize is that there's, there's so many different ways or revenue streams that you can start generating and make it a full-time job eventually once you start at a goal when i first started out investing into real estate and that was to make sure that i try to grow my portfolio by at least one property per year and there are times that i've exceeded that expectation sometimes i didn't get enough or didn't buy one within that year but i made sure i doubled down on the following year and a lot of it is me learning and what i learned through the process is learning how to leverage 
Because it always starts with that one. And I like what you said at the beginning of the show. Before somebody even starts to get purchasing their own primary resident, let's say, is getting into the market and investing into an investment property that's going to generate you some income. Or uh, house hacking is a wonderful strategy where you know, you can live in the house and rent out a portion of that particular property to generate that income from it. Fabulous idea. And I think most people today, especially young millennials looking to find ways to get into the market right now, should take those opportunities to do that before making their primary resident investment, because now you're going to hopefully get into a property that's going to generate some cash flow. If I ever wanted to drive a, a nice car, well, I can get my car payments paid for by my investment properties that I have a tenant inside right? Or, or an investor could do that too as well. So anytime I'm looking, I say, hey, okay, I need to purchase a car for my daughter. Let's say when she gets her license and grows, you know what, I'll buy a property that's going to generate cash flow that's going to cover the cost of that expense for her. Listen, uh, investing in property is, is, is addictive. Once you get your first property, and there's this idea that one property can really change your financial future forever. Once you start investing, you're going to be addicted to, to investing. And, and when you look at the formula for success, like any successful mega multi-million dollar business owner, this is their formula for success. I'm going to give it to you guys. They take business income and they spend that business income on real estate. They create passive income. Then they take the passive income and they can spend all of it on whatever they like because they didn't have to use their own efforts to actually generate that money. That money was created as you said, while you sleep. And when you create money as you sleep, you can do whatever you want with it. You can go on vacation. You can buy a sports car. You can invest in more real estate. But if you can get to a point where you're living off the interest of the interest, that's a good place to be. As an investor, as an educator who also helps realtors educate their clients, mindset, I believe, is a very big key component to everything that we do within our lives. And having the right mindset what do you think somebody needs to do in order to become successful entrepreneur or an investor, but making sure that your mindset's within the right place? Well, listen, I, I think the biggest thing is investing in yourself. You know, you have to invest in yourself. You have to know that anything is possible and you have to be prepared to risk. You know, you have to be risk inclined and, and there's different risk out there. There's different appetites for different risks, but it all starts with investing in yourself, right? And that's being the best version of yourself. That's making sure that you're investing in, in being healthy. That's me making sure you have the right energy each and every single day. That starts with the right diet. That starts with exercise. It starts with every single decision you make throughout the day. Am I going to have sugar in my coffee? Am I going to have a black coffee? Am I going to go to the gym? Am I going to respond to this email? Am I going to take this phone call? Every single decision you make, Nick, yes. needs to add up to a positive outcome at the end of the day. And it all makes a big difference. We are a sum of decisions that we make in a day. You know, I truly believe that investing into yourself, but investing into education is very critical and, and a very big component. Like I got my routines every single day. I make sure that I go to bed at a certain time frame so that I wake up in the morning fresh, ready to go to, to take on my day. So, you know, exercise, like you mentioned before, making sure that your eating habits are really fundamental, right? Because you need that energy. So important. I'll read a book. I'll listen to a podcast. Something important in my life that's going to help me consume more information. And I mention this quite often, and I tell my agents all the time, if you want to be the best real estate agent, you need to make sure that you know every single component of becoming that top realtor. When I wanted to start my own team to become successful, I needed to learn what the top guys within my industry are doing. 
And it's the same thing with investing. I need to speak to the high or surround myself with people that have done this before to learn from them because I love nothing more by surrounding myself to, from people that I'm going to be able to learn from. Yeah, it's a great community. You know, in, the investing community is a, you know, it's a very giving community. So if you're part of this community, you're going to learn so much. You're going to meet some great people as well. So anybody who is thinking about investing in real estate, come talk to Nick, you know, come talk to another realtor that has taken the time and invested in themselves to learn how to give back and add more value to you. Very true, right? So, you know, investing, right, and surrounding yourself with the right team is something I preach quite often. Having a good real estate agent on your side, having a good tax accountant, having a good lawyer, having a good contractor, having a good, you know, home inspector, having that right group of, of like-minded individuals that'll help you grow your business to the next level are very key components. Yeah, you can't do it by yourself and nor should you try, right? You have to have the right people that are going to give you advice and guide you. And, and listen, we all make mistakes, but why learn the expensive way when you can invest and find the right people that will actually help you on that journey? Right. You know, and I deal with a lot of guys, young, smart entrepreneurs, you know, even run a wholesale business. Right. So they bring these opportunities, like we said, where you're already building equity before you even we're closed on the deal. Fix and flip opportunities. Right. Where these guys get properties below market value and finding the right realtor who's going to be able to put you in those opportunities that when you close and you wanted to flip that property and make a little bit of an investment already by just closing on that transaction, you've already built up that equity. And those are the opportunities that a good real estate agent will offer. But if somebody, you know, was looking to get within the market, right, and they're just really ready to start out, what strategies would you recommend for someone who just starting out within investing in real estate? What would you recommend that person to do? Well, first of all, I would recommend that they actually take a risk, right? They take a risk and, and, and they put their money in. I think that's really important. But there's so many different ways to approach this. I think looking at an investment property first is really smart because uh, you're going to tap into those eight profit centers. And, and I would find other like-minded individuals that also have saved up a little bit of money and put your money together, pull your money. This is called a joint venture, right? and buy real estate together. So you can unlock and take advantage of those eight profit centers and get to your goal faster, right? Don't be married to any property. An investment is an investment. It's not an emotional decision and it shouldn't be, right? So buy that first property, tap into those eight profit centers. You can do it with like-minded individuals and then you can get into some really awesome house hacking uh, opportunities as well. And let's speak to the investor who, who owns a lot of properties. And I hear two different sides to this. And I want to talk about a topic that is something that comes up with me quite often to my savvy investors that have built some experience on it where they own property right now. They own 15, 20 doors, let's say. And, and a majority of these properties that they have right now because they've leveraged out have mortgages on them. Now, the key goal here is by the time they get to a certain age within their life where they want to kind of slow things down, they've built up so much equity within these properties that they can have a very fundamental retirement. The conversation is this, would you consider continuing to leverage and reinvest within those properties? Or is your goal by a time you get to a certain level, let's say a 70 years old, 65 years old, to have those mortgages burnt down where you have zero mortgage payments on them? What would you rather have if you were fast tracking yourself, David, at 65 years old, would you want your properties to be paid off or would you continue to have those properties mortgaged and where they're continuing pay, getting paid by the tenant? Right. 
Well, I think that's a question of aptitude for risk, right? right. If you have the right aptitude for risk, then you tap into one of the mortgage, uh, sorry, the uh, investing profit center, which is leverage. And if you're not leveraged, then you're not, you know, growing faster, right? So, but if you're 65 and you want to slow down and, and, and you're okay creating some great cash flow and not tapping into leverage, then maybe having uh, no mortgage is, is the right strategy. It depends what interest rates are doing. If, if we're in a really high interest rate environment, then I, being mortgage-free is, is definitely uh, very advantageous. If we're in a really low mortgage environment, then, then having mortgages on your property and having cash and looking for other pro, uh, other opportunities is is the right thing to do. But I know people and investors on both sides of the spectrum. And the wonderful thing about that question that you asked is that you have options. It's very true. And I just wanted to get that answer out of you because I just <laughs> wanted to, there is options for you. It depends on your appetite. And a lot of times I say to myself is like, okay, you know, do I just want to focus in on the properties that I have? Do I want to continue just burning down that mortgage? So when I get to 65 years old, have that cash flow. Here's my retirement. Forget about RSPs. You know, this is my retirement savings, right? And, and just continue to just burn down those mortgages. But to start building on you're looking at your appetite for risk, if I continue to invest into leveraging those properties and I pull out the equity and I continue to buy another property now, once you have a certain number of doors, you got to remember if as homes continue to increase because of inflation, you've built up that much more equity with inside those homes. So if you ever needed to sell one of them because you wanted to put some cash flow or put some money in the bank to enjoy everyday life, you have that opportunity, right? Absolutely. And, and you know, the, can the government of Canada just changed uh, the, the laws on capital gains for investment properties, yes. right? And, you know, yes. if, if you do sell an investment property, you become business partners essentially with the uh, with the federal government, which is which is a crazy notion. You know, the government is is you know we're wondering why there's no inventory out there in terms of properties to buy. Well, it, it's because the government has made such constraint rules when it comes to selling investment properties that investors are saying, okay, why am I going to sell this property? even if it's mortgage free, even if I want to tap into the value of the property, all I have to do is go and put a mortgage on it and take the money tax free Correct. and put it in my pocket. And then I can do whatever I want. I don't have to buy more properties with it. I can take that money and I can go buy a vacation home, buy a sports car, fund my lifestyle for the next 10 years. I, I have options, right? You don't this is one of the biggest things that I wish I listened to my mentors growing up is I wish I didn't flip properties. I wish I kept all the properties I ever owned and I wish I just put mortgages on them and remortgaged them uh, instead of actually selling them. What happens if you have to, you leverage those properties and but the amount of income that you're generating doesn't cover now and you're not cash flow positive anymore? Uh, well, would you still consider leveraging that property? Well, I think I would because let's say that your negative cash flow is $200 a month, right? Now, remember, Nick, we talked about eight profit centers. Cash flow is only one. So if your cash flow is negative, who cares? As long as, you know, you're making good use out of the other seven profit centers and you're taking that equity that you remortgage out of the property and you're putting it into a different, uh, into a different project. Cash flow can be negative. And in fact, in today's high interest rate environment, we are seeing negative cash flow on a lot of properties. Don't let that stop you from buying it. 
You know, you're not married to the interest rate, but you are married to the price. So as we're seeing opportunities out there, yes, you know what? Interest rates are high. Absolutely. But if you buy the right property in the right location with the right fundamentals, you're going to be laughing down the road when interest rates drop and you're still going to have a great price that you purchase that property for and interest rates are not set in stone. In fact, inflation is dropping really rapidly. Enjoying this episode? Leave us a review letting us know what you want to learn next and make sure you're following our podcast to be the first to hear our new episodes every Friday. You can also find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube for full video and behind-the-scenes access. That is a very critical point, and that's why the rich continue to get richer. Absolutely. Right? Because they understand this. They understand this. They understand the system. They understand the process of using and continuing to leverage the banks. And they're not scared by something like negative cash flow. Like, you know, it's easy to write a huge newspaper article and say, oh, my God, beware. Oh, my God. But... Like I said, if you understand that there's eight different profit centers, cash flow is only one of them. Of course, you want it to be positive because that lets you really ride out the good and the bad and focus on the other seven. But it can be negative in some situations and you can still really use that to your advantage. A big component is once you've gotten the institutions to help you finance that investment property, you always want to try to keep that involved, right? Because now, you know, once you get so many doors... You have five doors. An institution is going to almost cap you, right? And then you got to go either a, to a B lender or a private lender, right? So as you you grow, you're going to learn and say, okay, how do I continue to leverage banks and leverage to generate money to invest into continuing to grow real estate portfolios? And there's so many people out there that have programs that once they've been capped out, now they're looking for investors to invest into their real estate group so they can continue buying and generating more wealth because all they want to do is continue building that. That's what's key. That's what's building a high level real estate portfolio. And those are key components. Rich people don't sell real estate. Ever. They, ever. Ever. Yeah. You, like, it doesn't matter what they have you to do. You put them in the headlock. You, you offer them, <laughs> you know, like I know a realtor uh, right now, she's working on an industrial building in Oakville. And, uh, you know, this gentleman owns two industrial buildings. One is like 30,000 square feet. One is 40,000 square feet. Both are mortgage free. One building's worth 30 million. One building is worth 40 million. He owns a construction company uh, in the Muskokas. And, you know, he's 50 something years old. And we, we just, no matter what number she throws at him, he will not sell will not this sell. building. He just, he will not sell it. And he, and he's mortgage free in these buildings. So, I mean, look at that. He probably bought them 20 years ago. For how much? <sighs> Let, let's just, let's just do a little example here for our listeners here. A couple million dollars. Let's say a couple million dollars. Right. So he's got $28 million worth of profit. Equity. Equity inside that yeah, building. Over 20 years. He sells that building. He's paying tax on $28 million. million. That's a lot of tax implication there. It is. Right? So if you had to pay... But if he he takes out a mortgage of $20 million, right? As long as his tenants are covering that mortgage, that's money that he has technically, uh, you know, tax-free in his pocket. Available for him to either reinvest, to go... to go Retire, retire. go travel the world for 10 years if he wants to. I mean, we don't even have to talk about the investment implications of that. We can just talk about the lifestyle implications of that. Correct. Right? Exactly. And, and and that's wonderful. And, and these are the messages that we're trying to portray, which is which is exactly, exactly what I, why I wanted to have you on this show. 
And, well, I and, appreciate and, it. It's, uh, it's, you know, I, I hope people are finding this really educational and, you know, this is one of those topics that we can talk on for hours. We talk about now a, a lot of stuff that you do is helping real estate agents because it starts with the realtor, helping consumers educate them into why you should, you know, you want to educate your clients not to sell. And it's totally tenfold. I, I know, business, I get yeah, it. Like, I, I, and people ask me all the time, Nick, you know, what should I do? Through and, and, and my advice is, and we're finding there's a, a, lot of, a lot of people right now are not selling their real estate. They're very knowledgeable and very educated to know that. That actually shows me that people understand the value of our real estate, yes. right? And we've seen this through COVID as well. I mean, people have rallied around real estate. But but Nick, look, if you sold a property in the last 15 years, you've made the biggest mistake of your life. Because that property over the next three months, six months, one year has gone up a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars. And you look back and you know I, I, I know realtors that have sold sixplexes and tenplexes and fourplexes. And then you know they're sitting there I'm like, oh my God, you know, I made this much money or I made this much money and I, if only I had kept the property, right? And it all stems from education. You know, these people just didn't have the right mentors, right? They got money flashed before them and they took it without realizing what the consequences are. And that's one of the way, reasons why I do what I do and why I come on these podcasts and why I started the REI Institute is to educate and give back more value because, you know, life is getting expensive out there. You know, it's it not is. getting any cheaper. No. Right? These if, sports cars, like everything is going up in value. And, and and listen, the average Canadian has to level up their knowledge and has to level up their finances if they're going to get a better lifestyle. And, you know, thank God for these podcasts. Thank God for TikTok. Thank God for, you know, all the information we have out there. Thank God for Robert Kiyosaki, because I think, you know, he was one of the... My favorite book. You know, the the first people that actually really started this movement in a really big way. Yes. Right? Um, Thank God for all these things, because through education, we are going to have a better life. Yes, and a lot of the reason why I started this podcast was to provide my knowledge because that's all I really know. You know, this is my specialty, right? I love it. Residential, real estate. You know, I, I dabble in commercial. I dabble in industrial. I specialize. I've done some land development. You know, I've sold build. I've done every almost aspect of real estate. What really drives me is the investment side of things. You know, get my wife on this show. She, you know, I have a partner who's on the same page. She's even way more aggressive than I am when it comes to real estate investments and you know, uh, I tell her all the time, no, no, uh, you know, I'm the brains when it comes to purchasing shoes and she'll really shut me down on that one. Right. But I have a partner that's really on the same page. A lot of times when I see couples and I talk to or try to educate them on why they shouldn't sell their properties, believe me, I reverse it and tell people not to sell their homes. Love that. Uh, and I'm that type of realtor where I want to help them learn how they can just pull that equity from that property. Let's start building your path to financial freedom. Let's start making money while you sleep. Love that. Let's get you educated to say you'll never replace the value of what you bought that property. If you bought that property back in 2009, 2010, you're never going to be able to retain those costs back. And that house is probably three to four times more worth more than what you actually paid for it. So continue owning it. Get that money, pull it out. Let's get you into another product. Sometimes, though, it's hard when you got husband and wife not on the same page. And they don't think the same way. One is very fearful 
and scared and always telling me, well, what if this and what if that? You know, and, and if we weigh the pros and cons to both sides of the equation, I definitely are going to have a lot more pros than I will on the con side of things. So how do you recommend for somebody who's struggling with their spouse to help them understand the importance of, of continuing to reinvest in the market? Because like you said, things are getting more expensive. Most couples today need to think for the future of their children where the real estate market is going, right? Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Uh, with, with pleasure, and I think it's a great question. I, I think you need to change your circle. You know, I think you need to change your surroundings. So what I would do, the spouse that is pro-investing, I would very gently and, and with baby steps, you know, start hanging out with different people, you know, tap into the investor community. Let, let those people do that heavy lifting for you. Because when that spouse hears stories from the other spouse saying, you know what, I know where you are. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're experiencing. I know what you're feeling. And trust me, I've been there too. But look, I took a leap of faith and this is our journey and this is what we are able to accomplish. And listen, you don't have to talk to people who own 10 properties or 20 properties. You can talk to people who own one property yes. and have gone through this journey already, yeah. right? Let those people do the heavy lifting for you and let them tell their story. And that story is infectious, right? So if you're that spouse, right, that wants to do something more, you know, come talk to Nick. Nick will introduce you to the right people. And with baby steps, you're going to change your circle. You're going to hang out with different people. And by attrition, that's going to happen itself. But listen, you have to take action, right? It's not going to happen itself, mm -hmm. right? So you, you know, if you're that spouse and you're thinking about changing your life, changing your lifestyle, going down this journey, it starts with action. It starts with a conversation. It starts with a text message or an email to Nick or to a realtor like Nick. That's going to connect you and that's going to do something. So my message to you is go ahead and take action and jump in. It is awesome, David. This is going to be a great episode and I can't wait to get this out to the market so that people can really understand that the only real way for me, I'm not a stock market guy. Neither am I. I, I don't, I don't like buying paper. I want brick and mortar. That is for me when it's because the money's in the land, right? The money's in the soil. You know, my, my grandfather always told me if you're looking the money's not in the actual house. It's actually the soil. The land is what increases within value. 100%. As the land continues to rise, so will the real estate market. And I think we're in such a great safe haven when it comes to investing into real estate here in Canada and Toronto with the amount of people that are trying to break into our country. Nick, you have kids? I got two. You have two? Uh, boy, girl, 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 boy. Yeah. Girl, boy. Can you imagine raising them in any other country in the world right now with with with? the geopolitical climate that that's happening in the world right now. Like where do you go to raise your kids? Do you go to Europe with, you know, Europe being connected to Ukraine and Russia and, and all the immigrants over the past years from Turkey and all the turmoil that's happening in France. Like our media is not even talking about what's happening in some of these countries right now. Right. Right. Yes. Where Good do point. you raise your kids? Do you go to South America you go to Asia with, with everything that's happening there. Like, look what happened with Pakistan. You know, they got a great prime minister that had this amazing idea of, you know, how are we going to restore wealth and how are we going to restore, you know, power to the people? He got overthrown. Mm -hmm. You know, how long did that last for? 
You know, I know so many pe- wealthy people from Pakistan that are investing in Dubai and desperately, desperately moving their money into Canada, you know, to safeguard and protect what they've built. You know, we Canadians, we, we take that for granted. You know, clean air, clean water, like the basics, yes. you know, we have them all and yes. we have them all in abundance. Yes. Right. Where do you go as a father to raise your kids if it's not Canada? You go to the States? No, I, I wouldn't myself right? personally. Yeah. There yeah. are gun laws and, you know, like like everything happening down there. Yeah. You know, it, it, every it, time you put on the news in the States, you know, there's, there's the big shootings, shootings in the schools, right? right? Overpopulated, right? It's a very big country, you know, so. We have health care. We have safety. We have security. We have natural resources. Like Canada is going to continue to become. And our economy thrives on real estate. Like it is, the, it is the key fundamental of why our economy continues to grow. Yeah. And then you like, throw in immigration numbers. Oh, exactly. <laughs> like, right? and, and we're going to be like this through a very long time. So yes, we do pay a lot of taxes in comparison to other countries. But at the end of the day, we are serviced a lot better for it through our education system, through our healthcare system. And through the opportunities that are given to us as Canadians. And I think more Canadians should be making sure that they, especially, you know, having their birthright within this country, be there and really thrive on jumping on that opportunity as being a Canadian. And, you know, you find, you see so many times, I see so many immigrants that come into Canada and they just, the first thing they want to start doing is invest into our markets. Right, hundred percent. Buy a franchise and buy a house. Right, buy a franchise, buy a day house. Day one, like day one, and not what do they even do? day two. They come into this country, they rent first, and with the money that they have, they invest it to generate that income, and then that's how they start growing their real estate portfolio. And I'm telling you, you know, kudos on them. My parents were immigrants from Italy, and they came over to this country and done very well themselves. But again, that's what is really crucial, especially in Toronto, when we thrive on real estate invest into what we thrive in right now right our economy is all about the real estate market itself because we feed so many different channels my business provides me a lifestyle my real estate provides me my wealth love it right 100 percent. that's really key take your business income buy real estate live off your passive income if you can do this everything else is going to be history and i find that a reason why we have a shortage of supply and i want to just kind of tap into this a little bit is because people don't really sell their real estate anymore over here. Especially, and I'm so proud of it, to say that my generation, if you talk to the friends that I hang out with, when they own something or something is being given to them through an estate, they want to continue just generating that income through it. They don't sell their properties that often anymore. I find baby boomers right now don't want to sell. Like there's really wonderful programs out there like reverse mortgages that people are taking advantage of if they want to pull the equity from. That they can take it and the estate will pay for the interest after they pass. And they're able to enjoy their retirement through there. There are ways that we have grown through our financial institutions that are highly sought after and very looked at throughout the world globally that people want to mimic what we do through our financial institutions and the way we lend out money. Banks are very cautious, you know, when banks are going to lend out money to somebody that they're just not going to make sure that that consumer is over leveraged in comparison to the United States or in Europe where, hey, listen, we're going to give you 100% financing sometimes 120% financing on it until, you know, they put themselves into bankruptcy. You know? 100%. I mean, our banking system is world-class. It protects the consumer. Lots of rules that, you know, we're not going to see the turmoil that's happening in the United States and Canada. 
Um, and, and, you know, there's really a great environment to foster growth and opportunity. And there has been, right? And I think, uh, you know, not to get political, but I think we need to really focus on the middle class. We need to keep growing the middle class. And that's why I'm so passionate about, you know, what we're doing and educating consumers is to really empower the middle class to really, you know, level up and grow their finances and encourage a bigger middle class because that is going to be the future yes. of Canada. Yes. And that, that's really yes. what Canada is built on. It's built on opportunity. It's, you know, it's built on giving the average person the opportunity to really be all that you can be. Right, that blue collar worker who's going to put a lot of sweat and tears into helping their families continue to grow. And thank God for my grandparents and my parents that provided us so much of their sacrifice to give us the life that we live in. And we're doing the exact same thing for our kids and our kids' future. And I can tell and you not this, only our kids, but also people in general, like you doing this yes. podcast, like you're helping the average person level up and really think about real estate in a completely different uh, light. And, and that's what I'm passionate about. And I like the way you're doing it, right? Because you're not just going to the consumer, you're going to the person who educates the consumer. And that's the realtor. And REI, how long has that been established now? We've been around for about a year now. About a year now. And so can you tell us a little bit about your company and what it does? Sure. And, and I don't want this to be an infomercial, but I am really passionate about what we do. Um, we want, we, we love real estate. You know, we're, we're all in, we, we love investing. We love real estate. Um, and we want realtors to really provide a completely different service to their client. Right. And through, and that has to come through education, right? You can't provide, you know, I, I want realtors to be on the same level as neurosurgeons. I want them to be under the same level as, as lawyers, as accountants, right? And and we need to increase our level of education in order for realtors to be perceived by the public in that light, right? Um, that's what we need as a profession. Listen, we earn more money in some respects, more money than accountants, way more money than lawyers, Yes. right? But our education hasn't caught up. To be a lawyer, you need to go to school for four years, then you need to article, right? Uh, that's not the same case in this profession. And we need to change that because we want the public to trust us just like they trust the lawyer. So yes. when Nick says, listen, buy this real estate, don't sell this house, you're going to have the same level of confidence dealing with, with Nick as you are when the lawyer says, listen, this is a good deal, sign it, or this is a bad deal, don't sign it. Yeah, and I love that. And Aria back in the day, when I started out in 2004, we used to have these mandatory courses that we would have to go in class to go and learn. Today, we still have our mandatory update courses to renew our license every two years. We have to have a certain credits in regarding our education. But I find that, and it's all online, and I believe a lot of your program as well is more online. You run through the program. I used to love those programs where I used to go and do the face-to-face -face interactions where I'm able to sit in class and really just focus my attention. When I'm doing something online, my phone's ringing, I'm answering, then I'm going to get back into the program. I think a real, just my recommendation is to go back to in-class learning versus online learning. Yeah, no, you know? absolutely. Uh, the Ontario Real Estate Association has actually endorsed our program. So we actually have an affiliate partnership with Good. the Ontario Real Estate College. And that's really fresh. And you know, Tim Hudak and Luigi and, and Sophia Oria have been amazing. And I mean, they recognize what we bring to the table, what we're doing, especially on the consumer side. 
And Humber College has been amazing too. We're having some amazing conversations with Humber College and trying to partner with them and, and raise awareness and raise the level of education. But I'm really excited what's to come for our industry. You know, David, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. I definitely want to have you back on again. This was tremendous. I found somebody who thinks the way I think, you know Love what I it. mean? And it was a pleasure. If there's anything I could do with you for you in the future one day, maybe I could be on your podcast one day. I'd like we'll to figure this out. But it was a pleasure having you on. And Next I'm sure was mine. Thank you. And I'm sure our listeners got so much from this today. So thank you for coming on. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Looking to buy or sell? Call a team you can trust. Don't believe me? Our Google reviews say it all. Put us on your lawn, your house will be gone. The OPteam.com.